welcome to episode 182 of the Customer Support Leaders Podcast. I'm Charlotte Ward. This week, we're talking about startup support, so stay tuned for five leaders talking about that very topic. I'd like to welcome back to the podcast today, Craig Stoss. Craig, it's lovely to have you back after a small absence. It's been a little while since you've guested on Customer Support Leaders, but here we are again. Thank you so much for rejoining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, quite excited this week because we are talking about startup support, and this is a world that I'm in right now. You have done several times in the past, um, so I'm 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 here to to soak up all of your knowledge and like take it back to what I'm doing right now. And I'm sure there are plenty of other people out there who are going to learn something from the next 10 minutes. So, 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 uh, start pretty high, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I expect nothing less from you. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, well, let's begin. I mean, maybe, maybe we begin with like what's peculiar about startup support. How is support in a startup environment different from support in any other environment? I, th- I think support in a startup environment is different because you probably are in a situation where you haven't fully figured out what the customer is demanding. You haven't fully staffed for maybe all the the time zones or all the 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 verticals that you support, all the different type of customer segments. Um, and 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 then on top of it, typically startup support has started with a developer maybe, or a founder or someone like that, that, that maybe isn't necessarily suited for the right, for the position of support. And, and so, you know, if, as a first support leader coming into a startup, um, needing to then create a support program, uh, you know, there might be, you know, a lack of tooling or a lack of consistency on the messaging or, or maybe even, even uh, expectation setting is a little bit um, all over the place. And, and so I think startup support is, is pretty unique in the sense that you have smaller resources, you probably have lower budgets to, to spend, you know, in the startup phase, support probably is considered a cost center for better or for worse. And, and so I think all of those make for a really interesting way to, to kind of build up from the build from the ground up and, and, and actually make something into the support you would be, uh, you would be proud of. Yeah, yeah. Um, you kind of touched on there about how support tends to grow out of development in a startup, and I think that that's very true. Do you think that there is a point at which it makes sense to bring in a dedicated support leader, or do you think that that it's nearly always better for that to grow in house? I I think if you want to scale fast with a really high customer experience and, and, you know, you want to provide um, a serve, a consistent service level, having someone who has experience within support knows a lot of those concepts uh, has at least some understanding of the basic tools that are available. The basic mechanisms is is really important, right? Um, in, In my experience, support run by developers is is fantastic they they know the code they they answer the questions um but the tone might not represent the tone of the company or the time to response might be higher than than you would want on on an average um uh, it might be not consistent i was i used to deal with a company as a vendor where they they i actually got to visit their office once they were they were six people in a, in an apartment you know it was a very tiny startup 
And they just kind of had a bell go off every time an email went to the support queue and <laughs> whoever happened to have time would, would grab it. And, and if no one happened to have time or if it happened to be after 5 p.m. or between you know noon and one when they were eating lunch, you know, they might not even notice that it actually mm-hmm. happened because no one was actively looking at that at that email queue. And it was literally email. There was no Zendesk. There was no there was mm-hmm. no kind of ticketing tool. And and so that's where the inconsistent experience comes from. And and so, you know, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that when you only have a few customers and you maybe know them more intimately. But there is a critical mass when you when you when you get to a point where where the low justifies someone constantly looking at that. And I would be the first to argue that you don't want a developer being the person to first look at that. Not because they're they're bad, but because they have better things to do. They have they have they have their development to do, which which in a startup is probably even more important than than support in many ways to make sure your product is functioning. So, um, so yeah, I do think there's there's a lot of value, and once you hit that mass of someone need at least one person needing to full time look at that that email queue or that ticketing tool, that's when you need to hire someone who can then come in build the metadata, the process, you know, at some point you're going to want to measure the, the, the cost of support or the, the, the cost of support support. Um, and, and I think that's where the support leader brings the value. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I, I think, particularly that that scale, that fast scaling that you talk about, I think that one thing that I, I truly believe it's, it's important to get those measures in as early as possible, even if you don't act on them, actually. I think that it builds a culture of understanding and and the ability to act when the time comes. Because in my experience, most of these metrics have a long lead time, either in terms of the information they give you, or just in the culture and set of behaviors that you need to encourage in a in a in a team or in a wider organization. Right? I think there's it's worth getting the measures in and beginning to socialize those concepts as early as you can. Well, we've talked about this a lot, right? You mm. know, that the fact that customer experience is, it needs to be a mentality of the company, not not a department. And and that is exactly what I think you've just said, right? Is you start to socialize that customer satisfaction is important, that that we will be measuring NPS or or customer effort score or um, you know, and we and here's the style of support we want to provide and and you know, these things that that make it clear that we, you know, as an organization want to be a customer centric organization and, and a support um, support our customers appropriately for that. Um, that's really important because a, a one thing that I I've noticed in, in, in startup support is that people seem for whatever reason, reluctant to highlight support. And to me, mm-hmm. if you have a good support team, if you have a support team that's going to answer you in less than an hour and that you have a knowledge base and you have, you know, uh, you know, tiers of support, maybe you have a paid support model that that people get uh, some added bonuses or whatever it might be, um, as much as maybe I don't agree with that last one. But why aren't you advertising that? Why is that not a slide of like, hey, here's here's a, an outline of the support you get along with whatever the contract you, you're, you're, you're going for is? And, and uh, that is something to me that is a company mentality, that, that support has value. Um, you know, we heard we heard of product led growth. Um, you and I uh, talked to a friend who who talked a lot about uh, success led growth, support led growth, and is is um, is important too, right? And and mm-hmm. and so making that a mentality across the company from the ground up builds it into the culture of the organization. Um, I worked at a company for a while where um, 
where the one of the founders was was actually kind of created the support department and and that mm-hmm. is unique and i and i was actually excited to work for that because um because usually you're dealing with a founder who one person's development one person's sales and you know support was just something they needed to do whereas mm-hmm. when one of the founders is is kind of a customer experience person and has that support background they're they're able to talk a different language and able to promote at that c level executive um front the the importance of support and that's the culture that people should want to strive for mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i want to rewind to something you just said there about um support led growth having or sh- it should have equal billing with product led growth and success led growth i would i would slightly extend that um ideal and say that actually there should be no distinction between those three arms by and large i think particularly in certain types of industries um like where i am now i think that there is you know when when you're talking about high tech high value high touch in, in that sort of environment there are there is a continuum right between the the product and the support that you need to service that product to ensure that a customer is successful and therefore the success management side of that as well i think it becomes a continuum your your customers and your prospects are buying into the whole piece they're not just buying the product and everything else is thrown in for free so i, I think that particularly in that kind of model that support should have equal billing because i think it is a continuum I, I completely agree. In fact, if you if you kind of boil it down, product success and support led growth are really just customer centric growth, right? It's listening to feedback about your product. It's it's understanding how your your customers use the product to make them more successful, and and it's and it's recognizing from a support perspective when customers need that little extra of attention um, or need um, or could potentially upsell or or. Uh, being able to have a good feedback loop from support into the, your product teams is, is such. So, yeah, I I do. I think not. I, I can actually say that that I would agree that that not only equal billing, but you could call them all the same thing. And it's it's customer centric led growth. And mm-hmm. um and that's again, I go to me it goes back to a mentality. Totally, it's it's if you breed that mentality that everything the customer says is valuable, and some may be less valuable than others, of course. Um, you know, that's, that's just the nature of it. But if you figure out a way to take that feedback from all those different departments and assess it in, in kind, like together, um, apples to apples comparison, uh, mm. I think you're going to be a much more successful company. And and so support can drive a lot of that. I, I think support is instrumental in product led growth. And, and if you could build that into the culture and a startup phase really early on and, mm. and make sure that feedback is, is categorized, is, is reviewed, uh, is, is fed into a product, um, a product development cycle of some sort. Um, yeah, I think the support leader in a startup can really make, uh, promote that culture internally. Mm-hmm. Which, which expands the role like way beyond just just leading the support team and operationalizing it, it it becomes something that is bigger than support, and and I think that's a really exciting place to be. Like a lot of startup life, right? Yeah, that is the truth, right? I think I think it's um, we we've romanticized startups a lot, but I, I think there are parts of it, you know, that well, there's certainly parts of it that are bad. Um, we we probably all know that, but there are some parts of it that are just so engaging because you know, you, you come to a support department of a, of a few hundred or, you know, even a few thousand people 
and driving some of that culture is is nearly impossible because even if you have two 200 people in a sport department even an attrition rate of one percent is is just constantly refreshing that pool right if you do one percent a quarter or something you know you're 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 having to train new culture every quarter to two three four people yeah and changing the culture of a of a team of 200 is 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 a lot harder because a there's more people but even at, even at small attrition rates even if you're losing and replenishing and rehiring um you know at a small rate that's still a lot more people than than that same small rate of attrition at a, at a small uh small team of of 5 or 10 individuals and so the the net outcome is that if you build that into the culture Early, if you build that into into the people's minds, the company, the teams, um, to get the processes in place, get the tooling in place. Sure, it must evolve as you scale, absolutely. But that culture will remain. Whereas if you're coming into a team of of a couple hundred or or a larger team, anyway, um, there's a lot more work to do there to to add that after the fact. And so, um, as a sport leader, that's where where I really like to play is in that in that building that culture up from the from the ground up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you convince one person in a startup, and you've you've won maybe ten percent of the battle. Convince one person in a team of two hundred, it's it's still a long way to go, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 this stuff is so important. I, I well, we we've talked about this before. You know, if if I were to predict the trend for the next you know two three years, it's all going to be about customer centricity, right? Yeah. Supporting your customers how they want to be supported, and and taking their feedback seriously. And and now with with the different tooling around the machine learning of of sentiment analysis and all these all these chat analysis tools, analysis tools and, and everything that, that now exists in the ecosystem, that's a lot easier to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not reinventing the wheel all the time. No. Yeah. Thank you so much, Craig. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. Go to customersupportleaders.com forward slash 182 for the show notes and I'll see you next time. <laughs>